Hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast show, PK. I'm a PK, so what? So today with me is the delectable Ujunwa. Ujunwa, Ujunwa, what's your name? Ujunwa, Ujunwa. Ujunwa. Ujunwa is your surname, yeah. So Ujunwa is correct. I'm correct. Welcome, Ujunwa. Thank you so much, Ruth. So tell us a bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. Hey guys, my name is um, Ujunwa Obunna. I'm a writer and um, I'm an animal scientist. I got a degree some years back in animal science and technology. And then after that, I did some work teaching and stuff, but I got into writing. I'd always loved writing, so I got into writing and have been writing since then, since I chose writing to be what I want to be doing. I've been doing that for a while now. I'm the last of eight children. <gasps> yeah, the last of eight children. Um, a very stubborn PK. Like, everyone has tried to work on that aspect of me. I think with age, though, with age, it comes up at, um, as being assertive these days. It's no longer coming off as being stubborn, you know. So basically, that's who I am. The last child of this pastor and his wife, they are both late now. Okay. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Nigeria. <laughs> I say this a lot because, um, okay, I didn't add at my introduction that I'm a travel blogger and it came up as a result of my travels. Okay. I grew up, I was born in Kanu. Okay, I was born in Kanu. And then growing up, I had to go to so many places. I did some schooling in Abia State Secondary School, and then went back to Kanu. To, I changed schools and returned to Kanu. Okay. And then my dad became a pastor. He was first uh, just a teacher in the church, and then he became a pastor. So at some point, I had to be going with him to Karsina, the church at Karsina, to help him at the church at Karsina. I play the flute. So oh, I had wow. to be going to join him. Yeah, yeah. I had to go. You know that. <laughs> so yeah. I had to be going with him to Karsina to minister, to preach, and you know, stuff like that. So yeah, basically I grew up in the northern part of Nigeria. Yeah, I think um, you you and um, Stephen are common. Okay, that's amazing. So um, you've spent a bit of your life traveling. And that's... Yeah, yeah. What was it like? Okay, your, your dad became a pastor when you were what age? Oh, I was a teenager when he became a pastor. I can't remember the exact age. Okay. I was a teenager already. Okay, so, um, he had always been that stuff in church that everybody had to call him up for anything at any time. And it was okay. always very annoying anyway. Okay. Okay. So, so he, he was just becoming an official pastor by that time. So but he was already in church leadership. And yes. So as far as I, as I could tell, he was always in church leadership from when I could say daddy. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Amazing man. <laughs> God bless his memory. So what was it Amen. Like growing up, you know, in that, um, under someone who is so zealous, who is so um, 
available for God. And then later on, because Ruth, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. You don't want to. Know. <laughs> you don't want to know. Mine, mine was a very funny one. Okay, I'll put it this way: because of the church I attend, Apostolic Faith Church. Okay. Okay. It was, it was, growing up was. I can't describe it very well, but I know that at some point when I was ten years old, I was really hating growing up. Hmm. And I asked him one day, if I get saved, yeah, if I, I asked him one day, if I get saved, can I stop going to church? <gasps> my, no. my father was shocked. Seriously, I did. Oh my I was God. like, can I stop attending church if I get saved? He was like, why? I said, I'm tired of this church. Ah, we go to church on Sunday. We go to church Monday. We go to church every day. <laughs> I know, after service, people would want to see my father. Mm. And I was like, oh God, what? And we would now wait and wait and people would finish seeing him. By the time they will finish seeing him, it will be like late at night, it will be dark everywhere, and you'll be getting home, there'll be no light at home. It was it was not fun, okay. But you know, some people would also want to like come around you, your fellow children like you that their yeah. parents are also like leaders in the church, they would want to come around you and hang around you, stuff like that. So growing up had the fun part and the annoying part, but it was mostly annoying because I was seen as a black sheep. Yeah. Okay, it was mostly so, annoying. That. But what were you doing that was seen as a black sheep? What was your no. um, the thing that you would always be the culprit? Like if they come here, they know that yes, Ujuma has been here. If if there was a fight, hey. any fight they had, any fight they had, <laughs> as long as we just touch someone that me I know, I don't you buy that fight. fight. <laughs> I don't buy. I know they borrow. I don't <laughs> buy them. Funny enough, I wasn't strong. So I'll just come and blow grammar. You won't even touch me. I'll just blow grammar, blow grammar, and tell you, look at where we live. If you know you have liver, come to our house. I will deal with you. Oh. And the person will start wondering, sure, this one is okay. But one day, I beat one guy. I don't know where the power came from, and I beat this guy. People were clapping. <laughs> I beat Vitos. I can't forget. I beat him. Like, it was so exciting that I beat this guy. And I told him, come after school, I'll beat you again. By the time he came after school, that liver had gone. <laughs> so I ran home. Oh, my God. Yeah, so... Yeah, it was very bad. Like, I could enter into people's houses to spoil things, you know. Hey. Like, they were calling me man, woman, iron woman. In okay. secondary school, I had the name military personnel, okay. stuff like that. I didn't want anyone to step on anyone I knew, and I didn't want anyone to step on me either. Okay. Just tell the truth. I grew up with my dad always saying, tell the truth, okay? okay? My dad always told this as it was. So I was always telling it as it was. And if I should know the truth and I found out someone was lying, that person would be in trouble with me. I would make sure that the truth always hmm. got to come out. Everyone had to know the truth. And that was a problem for some people. Even in church, I think it was a problem for some people because where they would expect me to be maybe diplomatic, I wouldn't yeah, be able to be quiet. diplomatic. So. Just say yeah, that. So it was a bit of a problem. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. So, uh, so um, what was your mom's role in all of this? Was she also into the ministry ministry or she was more of a home person? Mm, my mom was more of a home person. She wasn't in my church until I was 10 years old, after my father was involved in a plane crash. Oh. Okay, so he got out and everything was fine. So my mom felt, I want to worship this your God in your church. She was in another denomination, Epa Church. Okay. So after that stuff, she started attending the same church with us. Hmm. So prior to her becoming a member of the church, church members already knew her. Okay. She tried to 
just entertain them whenever they came around the house, which they always did. My house was like a Bible study center. My house was like a prayer meeting ground. My house was a mission house. Okay. So she didn't really have much option. She had to like take the church. They knew her. People knew her. Members knew her. So to me, she was a member, but to my dad, she wasn't a member. And sometimes I would hear him discussing with other men of God. Okay. telling her how to manage and tolerate and stuff like that yeah but she she kind of supported him okay. until he was declared a pastor and then all hell was let loose my mommy was crying why begging, begging. i cannot take it i have been managing i have been managing yeah. i cannot take it when he becomes a pastor yeah because it's really it's really a lot you know, having to yeah. post people, especially for someone who really, you, if you like your space, you know, it's really, yeah. really and she really did like her space. So hmm. sometimes it was, it was not really good. You know, sometimes, and my dad was very fond of that. My dad would not even tell you he was expecting a visitor. Exactly. My mom would finish making food and she tries to give you what she made. My dad did not say, hey, it's true. Uh, this brother is coming home. In fact, he's around already. He's around. Hey. He's around. Please give them food. What do we have in the kitchen? Bring it, bring it, bring it. You won't ask us. Did you cook? Hmm. Bring it. We'll now look at each other like one another. We're serving this food. Our food. <laughs> oh, good. Well, well. I can totally read it. <laughs> yeah, I think that really helped me to an extent to be able to tolerate some things now. Okay yeah tolerate and also be able to give okay because my dad was really a giver so but but your your disposition or the way your attitude was it didn't affect your relationship with either your dad or your mom (laughs) so you know what is a (laughs) banjee yeah i think i think i had so many names the ones I knew of, the ones I did not know of. I knew some like, there was a day my mom walked in, I was sleeping and she was like, uh-huh. probably she has gone for a meeting. Yeah, she's rolling. And I, was, I woke up, I was like, I wasn't going for any meeting. I was in pains. You know, stuff <laughs> like that. Seriously, seriously. It was, like, it was always like, they were looking for what to do to me. They didn't know the exact thing to do. Hmm. Okay, I'll give you this instance. It was so bad that my dad had to tell a teacher in the school, stop flogging this girl, it will not help her. Punish her, talk to her, but don't flog her. Flogged her enough. I mean, my dad flogged me. He did. My dad was a typical African parent that would cane you for any wrong. He respected my privacy, but he didn't joke with discipline. He felt it was the ultimate discipline. But when he realized there wasn't anything, he had to stop because... It wasn't helping him. Hmm. And then um, somebody called him and told him, get her into the choir. She would change. Hmm. Of course, you know, being a worker, people would now be looking at you somehow. Yeah, so you yourself, you grow brain. So I had to mellow. Even after, in Apostolic Faith Church, they do music tests. After the music test, the pastor then at Kano would not even let me join the choir. Because he was not seeing the fruit of the spirit, me. Ah. My sister that had not done any music test joined the choir. Me that had done two music tests for two years. I attended two different classes and passed my test. I was not in the choir. 
my sister was a calm spirit, so she joined the choir. Immediately, the pastor noticed she had a fine voice. But me, nothing. Hey. Somehow, 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 I told my mom, get me long clothes. I'm ready to join the choir. <laughs> so she gave me these long dresses, and pastor saw my long dress. Ah-ah, Ujumwa, join the choir. <laughs> and I, I, I joined the choir, you know. I joined the choir, and I really loved playing my I've always loved playing my flute. I started playing, and then I work with the deaf. I am a sign language interpreter. So okay. all those things made me calm down a bit. I had to start going low, going low. But then, all this being humble and everything did not mean anyone should look for trouble. Like if you, if you wanted to show yourself, if you wanted to show yourself, I would help you. Like I could take up the mic and talk about anything in church. So. I think people avoided me then because of that part of me. And my dad was always embarrassed because I didn't care. To me, he was embarrassing me by make, forcing me to be a Christian. Hmm. So, yeah. Wow. So, when, how early did you start playing the flute? I started playing the flute when I was... Um, I can't... I'm trying to see... I was, it wasn't so early. I was 17 because someone had already started playing. Someone had already started playing as at, um, I think I noticed the guy that was playing when he was about 13. And I saw a trumpeter that was about 12. You know, all these things. So, so would you say that um, getting into the choir, playing the flute, doing sign language helped you um, nurture a relationship with your dad? Hmm. My papa, long story. Could you believe that my mother died and I played the flute? I think it was one of the services I played the flute. My father got angry after service and said I was too proud. I was doing shakara when I was playing there. That was all my flute was not sounding out. Uh-uh. He was already a pastor. Yes, that because of my shakara, my flute was not sounding out. My flute was faulty. It was hamatan. My flute was catching cold. But my father said I was doing shakara. He was proud of me. Like whenever I had a special presentation, special presentation in church, he got so proud. He was very excited about it. But outside that, he always made me know, I bought your flute. You will use it and praise God and only God. Okay. Yeah, so there were times when my flute was a good thing. There were times when my flute was praising because it looked like I could seize your flute at any point. And he knew I loved my flute. Like, I could sneak my flute yeah, out. Yeah, so that, that was the, that was the disciplinary measure. Now, since to be yes. entering. Yes, it was. And he... <sighs> my father would just tell me, I'm seizing that flute. My mind would just keep out, start wondering, hey, this is, this is the flute. Now, what would I do? Will I not die? I would now calm down, look for a way to show daddy I'm a good girl. I will pack his clothes and go and start washing. Oh, it is well. <laughs> it is well. Ah, okay. So um looking back looking back now, yeah. did you have other people who influenced you or um in making you know changing from being the girl that everybody always had one negative to say about or to being somebody who was now taking your own responsibility, did you have outside influence, or it was just you just sat down and talked to yourself and decided to turn a new leaf? 
Okay, I think. Uh, I think of being in the university and failing in the university to calm down. Okay. Um, it was so bad that at some point in the choir, they called for choir's meeting and the then overseer in the district branch of the church said, um, why is it that minister's children, um, pastor's children, why is it that we have problems with you people? And I said, ah. I have an answer. He said, what is your answer? I said, we are not saved. We are not born again. We are forced into this. Let us live our lives. We want to be who we are. We don't want to be who our parents want us to be. Hmm. And he was like, I would quote that man any day. He said, I'm debunking that right now. Job, now sit down. That is not an answer. Uh -uh. I didn't say anything. Yes, I didn't say anything. But then... Two years later, he came to my village, my hometown. He called my dad and I for a meeting. He said, I just want to apologize to Uju because I realized she said the truth. I should have listened to her then. For God's sake, I wasn't born again. Why would you be forcing me to be born again when I'm not born again? Hmm. I, mean, I, I knew the life I was expected to live, okay? I knew I was expected to be godly. I knew I was expected to wear long clothes. I knew I was expected to go for morning prayers. I knew I was expected to look good moderately mm. and i was doing all those things but i knew it was evil i knew that uh -uh, God, christ was not living in me i knew it in all honesty and i was telling this man that we weren't saved we knew ourselves like we knew one another in that truth exactly that stuff. we knew what we were doing i know those that were taking indian hemp and you are telling me that you are debunking what i am telling you a young child was talking to you and you're telling this young child it's not possible Hmm. He came by himself. I think, and, and, that, and that's really impressive. Some people will just stay and then get it and talk about it. But for him to come to you, you and your dad, that means um, I really, I really give him. Not many. Yes, actors. yes. Not many. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I respect him today. Hmm. Just that act he did, because. It, you know, it hurt me. Then I changed church. I went to Christ Embassy. It was very wonderful. Okay. In fact, as I was asking, how was that? Seriously, I, <laughs> you know, you, at, at the end of the service, I think my second service in which the pastor just called me. I was leaving, service was over. He said, Sister, wait, there's leaders meeting. I said, No, I'm not even a member. Like, I'm, he said, No, you are a new choir director. Ah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm very serious. Like choir director Bawo, you don't even know my name. He said, "Yeah," but it was in Christ Embassy that I had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hmm. Yes. Oh. So you know, it, it was at that point. It was after the baptism of the Holy Ghost thing. I had calmed down in Christ Embassy. I told, I called a friend. I said, "Let's get saved. It's okay. time we got saved. Let's stop playing around." You know. So at hmm. Christ Embassy. I calmed down and listened to the word of God. No one was pushing me this time. Yay. I was living alone on campus, so I needed to talk to myself. And it was at that point. So it was also at this, at about around this time that this man came. He invited me. He said he wanted to see me in church. And I told him, I'm a choir leader in my church. I can't come just like that. I was like, it's a guinea. Like, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a choir leader in my church. I'll see you after Sunday service. So after Sunday service, I went, I went to see him. Hmm. I love seeing, 
And this man just said, please. I would like just the two of you. Okay. People were saying, she's wearing weaving on her hair. She's not looking like the gospel standard, but this man did mine. We had the duet, and then he came home. I didn't even know he was coming. I went to see my dad at the village. He came, and then he apologized and everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I saw myself then started calming down. So that's it. Wow. So um, a lot of... A lot of people, let's talk about this for a bit. A lot of people, especially pastors' children, feel trapped and then they, they want to go to another church. And the people say, you cannot, you have to be in this church, you have to start going to this church. If you don't start going to this church, that means the salvation that you're looking for is not genuine. So, um, what would you say? How, how would you say that impacted, <laughs> that impacted you and impacted your faith? Because from from what you're saying now, you now have a faith that is personal. It's not based on whether yeah. or, or whether your father was a, is a pastor, but it's a personal faith. So, what the change of trusting? Would you um yeah? Would you say yes, yes, yes for 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 it for any young PK, or would you say no, 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 or would you say under certain circumstances you can? Please. Any PK listening to this, if you feel this doctrine isn't doing it for me, there should be this doctrine that is doing it for me. Because I think in Africa, I don't know, maybe in Nigeria, we have problems with doctrines. Okay. We have laid down these traditions and we think it's only these traditions of these are our gospel that will take us to heaven. So I'm telling any PK that feels this tradition is not working for me, this is not the Bible. Live a godly life. That is the most important thing. Having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the most important thing for me. Hmm. We are eight. Um, my elder sister is not in the church. The boy before her is not in the church. And my eldest brother, today he will tell me I'm looking for the church. Tomorrow he will tell me another story. So I, I have like three people out of the eight that are not in the church. Okay. And um, the one of them, when he was getting married, everybody said he was going to hell because he was leaving the church for winners. Okay. He lives a godly life till tomorrow. Hmm. I am proud of him. I am proud of him, because, maybe because I have gone to so many places. I am very proud of him. He lives a godly life. And I love my family. They let us tell it the way it is. So when we get to just in the group chat and stuff like that, everyone airs their mind. Mm you get to realize that this guy is still living this life. And Ugochiku's um, marriage is 14 years this year, right? Yeah, this is 2018. Wow. Yes, his marriage is 14 years this year. But people still ask me. Someone still asked me today because he's on my WhatsApp status. Today is his birthday. Someone said, is that Ugochiku? I said, yes. Greet him for me. They are still assuming this brother is not saved. This guy is no longer saved because there was a trumpet teacher in the church and stuff and then he left. Okay, okay. But for me, if you have seen that light... And this light is really very strong hmm. and you feel very comfortable and you are very sure that this is the truth. Because for God's sake, we've, I've heard so many things. I see, I don't comment on social media when it has to do with religion because exactly. I see so many things and I just feel exactly. so sad. Okay. Yeah. So if you feel this is the truth, leave it, do it. Hmm. That is who I am. 
I had a talk with a friend last night and I was saying, I don't know what will happen. I'm single. And I was telling him that with all these positions that they keep giving me in church, each month they find one new position that it's affecting me. I'm so scared about who I will marry, hmm. how we hope. Uh, I have a relationship and this guy is not in my church and I, every day I worry about it. Like, <laughs> oh God. So you understand? I'm that. When I get to leave, when I leave the church, because every day I tell them I will leave home. Everyone knows that you. you're not reliable when it comes to living. But, you know, when you check what you're doing in the church, I really like the position I'm handling presently. It makes me reach a lot of young people in church. When I look at it, I would ask myself, is this how life would be? Will I be happy if I go to another church and I can't reach people like this? Hmm. Someone threatened me with that some years ago, but when I got to Christ Ambassador, I was made the choir director. I said, ah, that means I can go to anywhere and be anything. Exactly. But, you know, you, but when you're growing people from the roots, that's another thing, I'm, the problem I'm having. I'm growing these people from the root, like training them, seeing them grow and seeing them grow in the fear of God, not the condemnation my parents started with. Hmm. you understand i'm trying to preach i'm trying not to deal from the church standard my church has a standard i'm trying not to do but i'm still trying to let them know that you can be a christian born again christian even in this church and be happy but when i think about my relationship i'll tell myself what hmm. if this guy comes when i say babe let's get married what would i do okay don't worry god god will, god will open the next door Maybe maybe he doesn't want what you're doing in uh, your church to just remain for the church. He wants to open a bigger door for you. So what okay, are your last amen. words for um, NPK who's listening, who's either struggling with um, one um, expectation that seems is really unreachable or with a rejection issue or stuff? What, what, what would you say to such a, such a person? I'm going to beg anyone listening. Please do you. Yeah. you. Doing you might not be good for some people, but okay, start with your home. You know, um, the Westerners, we read where they opened up to their parents about their sexuality. So I think it's high time we started opening up regarding our beliefs. Yeah. Um, Daddy, please, can we talk? I'm not finding, you know, when I was growing up, my friends were telling me, talk to your parents, my senior friends. They were like, talk to your parents that you're not happy. But I couldn't, but one day I did. And it was fine. Really? You know, my dad shot me. Yeah. The first time I spoke to my dad, it was a big deal because I was just a little child. I was just about 10 years old. And I said, when I, when I asked him when we believe, when I believe yeah. in the church. But as a teenager, I had a friend that was seven then. It was my crush. And then he said, talk to your parents. Let them know stuff. You know, I was tired of sneaking around. My dad told me, what are you doing with this guy? I said, I'm not sinning. I'm not sinning. I just like him. I am not sinning. Hmm. It took my dad time. It took my dad time, you know, to absorb that. And he let us talk, but it was kind of monitored. Hmm. So I think whoever you are, if you can talk to them, like, let them know. Okay, I can't continue like this. I, like I always tell people, if you know that pretending is bad for you, which is bad for everyone, by the way, if you know that living this double standard life is affecting you, open up. Because it's going to be eating deep. You're going to cry. I would wear trousers. Someone would go and talk about it. I had to ask my choir director, are you looking up to Judy? Also, I'm finishing out of your faith. Or are you looking yeah. up to Jesus? 
I would go to church, someone would open my hair to check if I had ribbon or attachment on my hair. I mean, stuff like that killed me growing up, you understand? Mm. But then, I did perm out of rebellion, by the way. I permed my hair out of rebellion. My hair was very soft, but I just had to perm it to get them to get angry. So, but when you grow up and realize that these things I mean they're just nonsense. Mm. You don't, you don't, that's you don't leave. That's, that's not what the main, main the main thing yeah. is about. Yes, you don't live a rebe- rebellious life just because you want to spite some people. Hmm. Do these things. Be honest. Be open. Be open. I think when you're open, you get you get to be understood. The more mm-hmm. you gain more respect. Yeah. I mean, these days when the um S and P. And peace strategy and planning group wants to have a meeting they send for me and i feel you are good you know stuff like that yeah. be you be you and be very real that's the first thing be very real have a relationship with god open up at any point you can and let them understand please i need to live my life i need to be me for the sake of eternity you can't continue hiding that's it amazing amazing thank you so much i mean those last words are golden nuggets do you and you don't have to live in rebellion you can be open and be sincere you will find people who will listen to you who will support you absolutely that's why we have the preachers king community and so come and if you're listening to this and you're not yet part of the PK community, we are people just like you. We have um, people who share the same circumstances and backgrounds. I mean, and you would learn from other people. I mean, just the support alone, you can ask questions. If you're going through stuff, you can share, you know. And so we have different things that you can learn from other people because most times as PKs, you really don't have confidence like who are not PKs because you are not sure where your story is going to be carried. You're not yeah, sure, that's true. You're not, you're not sure whether it will filter back to your parents or so you just keep quiet <laughs> and just be yeah. by yourself. But that's not what's going to happen in our community. We are we are we have the same fears and so it's a safe place for you. So we look forward to having you there. Thank you so much with you. And yeah, how can they reach you? Tell us about your blog and how people can connect with you. Okay, um, I have this blog, ujsworld.com, Y-U-J-A-Y-S-world.com. Okay. Uh, it's easily accessible, and I think there's an email address there I can be reached by. Okay. I travel for the fun of it, since I work basically with my laptop. When I'm bored, I just hit the road. Amazing, yes, yeah, so if you like to travel, I think you have something to connect to share with to connect with uh you and uh, let's get the conversation rolling. Thank you so much, Ruju. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank you, Ruth. It's been fun. Yes, thank you so has, much for having has. me. Have a great day, yeah, and you too. Yeah. All right, thank you guys. Bye. See you in the next episode. If you do have questions or comments, yes, you leave them in the group or in the comments below this particular audio. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you are precious skin. It is not a stigma. It is an elevation. Go shine and be the best you can be. Bye for now.